0: So it is back. A diving reception with a touchdown. Urban Phillips with an all-world highlight check. 25-footer. Yes! Off the glass and in. John Gillen is beaten too. It's a third win against the top ten. And the Orange had them all the way. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into my heart. A 3 for the win battle. Bang! Bang! Boom! It's the Orange doing it again. The cardiac juice. Comes through on the road one more time. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth
1: Goldberg.
2: Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. We have you up until 2 o'clock, 315-437-7644. Two guests lined up for you today. Back to back guests here in hour number one at twelve fifteen. We'll hear from the head coach of the SU women, Quentin Hillsman, set to join us in about fifteen minutes. And then uh, coming up at about twelve thirty, a little bit after twelve thirty, we'll have Stan Cotton. He's the play by play man for Wake Forest basketball. He'll fill us in on the Demon Deacons. And it is game day uh, for the Orange. Seth Syracuse hitting the road uh, for its first ACC game away from the Carrier Dome. And we keep talking about what it's going to take for this team to make it to the NCAA Tournament. The easiest path for this team to make it to the NCAA Tournament is to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And yes, I know Vegas has Wake Forest as a slim one-point favorite, but you look at Wake Forest, you look at at how they started the season, one and four, and some of these teams that they lost to, Georgia Southern, Liberty, and Drake. uh, This is an opponent that Syracuse, you would think, should be able to beat. And yes, it's an away game, but it feels like a very important game for Syracuse as they continue to try to to build that resume and and you want to be able to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat, and I think Wake Forest falls under that category.
1: Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that sentiment. And, and I know that we've talked about this uh, in the non-conference part of the season. We talked about, okay, you've got to get to X number of wins so that you can do this, right? And they got to 11, and like I think that's good enough in the non-conference. And maybe they didn't pick up the quality wins necessarily. They lost when they had the opportunity for them. Um, but you got the volume. And now you have to find more wins. You probably had to find 9 or 10 wins in this conference slate. Well, how do you find 9 or 10 wins? Well, you knocked off one with Virginia Tech. Where are the other nine or ten, 8 or 9 or 10 coming from? Uh, well, you got two games against Wake Forest, two games against Boston College, two games against Pittsburgh. And those are going to be three of the bottom five teams in the league. And those are teams that you have to beat if you're going to be a tournament team. So yes, this game is on the road yes Wake Forest is playing a lot better now than they were at the beginning of the year they just had a four-point loss at the Dean Dome uh, the other day to start their non to start their ACC slate um, you know they they struggled losing four of their last their four of their first five uh, before ripping off a bunch of wins so they are playing a lot better than they were at the beginning of the year when they were losing to Georgia Southern Liberty uh, and Drake but um, but this is a team you've got to beat, right? Like, this is one of those teams that you look at the schedule and you look at how you're going to build your case to make the NCAA tournament come March, you've got to beat this team.
2: Wake Forest had North Carolina on the ropes over the weekend. Up late in that game, Demon Deacons probably should have won that game. Carolina came back and ended up winning by four. So it's certainly a team that is playing better of late and a team that you can't overlook. You can't overlook anyone in this conference. You look at the away games, though, that that Syracuse has on the schedule this season, Seth, and, and coming up at Virginia, at Florida State. Pittsburgh and Georgia Tech are both certainly winnable games. Then you're at Louisville, at Miami, at Duke, and then you close out with Boston College. You've got, realistically, I think four road games in conference that you feel like you have a very good chance to win, or or at least a good chance to win. I don't think Virginia, Florida State, Duke, or Louisville, or Miami, I don't think any of those games fall under that category. Could you get one of them? Sure, yeah, if you I, play I mean, well. Look, I,
1: I think the Louisville game could swing into that, right? Like We don't really know what Louisville is, we'll see what they are, and... And we saw earlier in the year where uh, Jim Beheim just coached circles around Patrick Ewing at the end of the game. And could he do that again to David Padgett? Sure. So, sure. Uh, but yeah, there, there are four road games that you would feel quote-unquote good about uh, this Syracuse And this is team. one of them. And this is, right. This is one of those four. And you don't have another one
2: for three weeks. And this could prove to be a very important week. Seth for Syracuse because you know you get the Virginia Tech win. Now you're on the road at Wake Forest for what is a toss-up game again. Vegas opened with the line of Wake Forest favored by one, but so this is essentially a toss-up game as Syracuse goes on the road to take on the Demon Deacons, and then this this game on Saturday against Notre Dame, which again when the schedule came out and early on you thought all right advantage Irish. Well, we found out yesterday Bonzi Colson is is out for the next eight weeks. He's going to have surgery tomorrow, fractured his foot this week in practice. He essentially is going to miss the rest of the regular season. They, they said eight weeks. Their regular season finale is eight weeks and two days after the surgery. So they're hoping to get him back in time for the ACC tournament and, and in time for the postseason. This game on Saturday now all of a sudden becomes a lot more winnable. Notre Absolutely. Dame's eleven and three, but they don't have their all-American forward uh, at their disposal on Saturday, and so this has the potential to be a very big week. You get both of these, and you start three and zero in conference play, and now you would be fourteen and two overall. And again, you're sitting pretty. You give away what could be two toss-up games, and now all of a sudden you're one and two in conference. You know, and you're what twelve and four overall. Big difference between fourteen and two or twelve and four yes. or three and zero in the conference. One and two,
1: huge difference. And and you mentioned with the Bonzi Colson injury how it it just kind of changes the perception of everything, right? And that game went from being okay, well, that's going to be a really tough game, and maybe you can win it, but that's going to be a really tough game because you know Bonzi Colson's really good, and Matt Farrell's pretty good, and and that's an experienced team, and they and they they do a lot and put a lot together, and, and Mike Bray always has them ready, right? Uh, well, I don't know because now Bonzi Colson's out. He is their top guy. He is their the 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 biggest piece of that puzzle, and that changes things. And and like you mentioned, if you can come out and pick up three quick wins and you know quality wins in Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, uh, you know even to an extent, the, the the Wake Forest game might end up being a quality win by the end of the year. Uh, you know th- this would be a really big week. If you're able to you know, pick up these wins, start off strong, you're 14-2. and two, uh, Yeah, but it starts tonight. Again, it starts tonight. You've got to pick up a win away from your own building. You've got to pick up this win uh, down in Wake Forest. And how about this? If they win
2: tonight, they would have more wins away from the Dome than they did all <laughs> the, of last year. All of last year. And, and that's, that's a great point. Um, and then you look at, at what happens next week, and I alluded to it just a moment ago, but next week you're at Virginia and at Florida State. So Which week do you feel better about? At Wake Forest and Notre Dame at home without Bonzi Colson, or at Virginia and at Florida State? So well, you know,
1: it, it snowed in Florida. It snowed in Tallahassee today,
2: so, so Syracuse would feel right at home.
1: Yeah, they they everybody got spooked. They got a dusting. Not even. They probably closed
2: the campus. yes? I think they did. Anything south of like Virginia when it snows, it's like the whole place Shut down. shuts down. Yeah. Um, so anyway, as I was saying, you know, big difference between three and zero and one and two. Well, if you're one and two after this week, there's a very good chance you're one and four in conference play before you know. And you're
1: it. not bouncing back from that, so you're,
2: you're just not right. This is, and that's why this week is so important. That's why tonight's game, I think, is so important. If you are an NCAA tournament team. At the very least, I think you split these, right? I mean, Notre Dame is good, but they don't have Bonzi Colson, and it's a home game. Well, and, if and, you, no, and, if you're an NCAA tournament team, you win both
1: of these, right? Like, given the scenario. At least one of them. Given, yes. given To me, given the scenario,
2: given that Bonzi Colson's not playing and that game's in the dome. You're winning both. Well, th- of, like, this is my point. Duke is obviously not only an NCAA tournament team. They're probably the favorites right now to win the title. And they, they lost at Boston, at Boston College. Boston College. Yeah. So in this conference, you're going to lose games. And you're certainly going to lose games away from home. I mean, there are no easy games. We know that. It sounds like a cliche, but it's true. So my point is, is if you're an NCAA tournament team, you don't give both of these away. Like, right. if you have, you know, if you put up a clunker tonight and you lose at Wake Forest, you, if you're a tournament team, you bounce back at home against a Notre Dame team without Bonzi Colson, and you get that win. So you at least need a split this week, in my opinion. You go two and one, you know, in conference. Three and zero oh would be great, and then you roll the dice next week. And the pressure is off to some degree. Nobody's expecting you to beat Virginia or Florida State on the road, and you 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 have a chance to measure yourself against you know the two of the better teams in the conference.
1: Yeah, no, and and, and that's going to be a tough week. But on the on the bright side, uh, you get a nice little two week stretch after that.
2: That's right. Pittsburgh,
1: got... Boston College at Pittsburgh at Georgia Tech. Four and, very winnable games. Yeah, uh, so you know it, it's going to ebb and flow, and it's going to go up and down. Uh, but to to bring it back full circle, if you can win today and you can win Saturday, you're off to a three and zero start. You're off to a fourteen and two start overall, and you're that much closer, right? And we were we were trying to pick it out. We were saying, how are they going to find nine wins? How are they going to find ten wins? Eleven wins in the ACC. And you know, we we just kind of do do the rough math. Okay, you have to beat Pitt twice, you have to beat Boston College twice, you beat Wake Forest twice. Uh, you know, you beat your your NC State. Uh, you know, what, whatever it may be. Okay, that's seven, right? Like, how where where are the other three wins coming from? You've got to surprise somebody. Can they beat a Virginia on the road? Can they beat a Louisville on the road? Can they get a quality win somewhere? Right? Like, is is Virginia at home on Super Bowl weekend? Is that going to be that game again? Right, like is is that the game again that you pull off or is it Clemson being a decent team that last day of the season? Like what where's that win that you're not supposed to get that you get?
2: And if Syracuse is going to get to 9 or 10 wins in conference play, they better get off to a good start. The first half of the conference schedule is much easier than yes. the second half of the conference schedule. Once February hits, Virginia at Louisville they're at Miami, home for North Carolina at Duke, Clemson. Now the regular season finale that looks like a really tough game. Clemson just cracked into the top twenty-five, so the second half of the conference schedule—it's schedule. Right, the entire conference schedule is tough. We know that the ACC is really good, but the second half in particular is very difficult. So you better get off to a good start if you're Syracuse, and if you can go two and zero this week, get to three and zero in conference. Regardless of what happens next week, you still keep your head above water. You're you still want to be at five hundred or better as you go through this whole thing because you might get away some games down the stretch of the season because it is that tough we do need to take our first time out when we return quentin hillsman joins us head coach of the su women we're back after this on espn radio Stephen Seth, back with you on a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. We are powered by Driver's Village, 315-437-7644. Coach Q tied up at the moment. Hope to get to him before too long. We do have Stan Cotton, play-by-play man for Wake Forest Basketball. He's set to join us here in about 20 minutes from now. Uh, The women, Seth, as you know, while we wait on Coach Q, uh, got off, obviously, to a a fantastic start, 11-0. And then they went out to Las Vegas and took on a, a top 5 opponent in Mississippi State. Close game, but they they lose that one. They've also played at Notre Dame in the last couple of weeks, number 2 in the country. Close game for a while, lost that one as well and then fell on the road at Virginia. So it's a team that's 12 and 3 now, losers of 3 of their last 4, but they've played really good competition and I'm I'm curious to get coach Q's thoughts on on what he's learned about his team over the course of the last couple of weeks because it's great to beat up on Colgate and Drexel and coastal Carolina but I think you I would imagine you learn more about your team playing Mississippi State and Notre Dame and you know Virginia on the road and dealing with some adversity um, because if if you're going to get to where you want to go you you need to figure out some of these things and it's a it's a new team it's a young team a lot of similarities between the women's team and the men's team this year and that you know one returning starter and uh, a lot of growing up to do. I'd imagine this team has done a lot of growing up in the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean I would imagine you learn a lot more against Mississippi State, you know, a team that only ended the longest winning streak in basketball ever last year and then went to the championship game. Uh, I, I would imagine you learn a lot from that they they had a lead in South Bend at the end of three quarters uh, you know, and and they were looking for their first win there, whatever. Uh, so I, I think that those games, you know, at least would tell you something and give you a, a sign of what this team could be. And look, they they lose in Charlottesville. Like, what what shame is there in that, right? So uh, I think that this team is still pretty good, and they're talented, and look, they they've got to get back on track. They've lost three of their last four, but... Uh, I am sure they've learned a lot more about this team in the last 4 games than they had previously.
2: A chance to bounce back uh tomorrow night at home inside the dome against uh, Georgia Tech. Uh we'll continue to talk about the men while we wait on coach Q and again hopefully we can track him down uh before too long Stan Cotton, play-by-play man for Wake Forest, uh set to join us here in the next 10 15 minutes or so. And, and again, I I I know that every game is important. You know, it's it's important to win as many as you can get it just it feels like these games that are are toss up games, and we talk about this with SU football, right? right? When you look at the schedule, you say, okay, you know they've got five ranked opponents. It would be nice to knock one of those off. Maybe they can. They did this year. They beat Clemson, but it's it's those games that are you know the, the toss up games that can go either way. That that in my mind anyway, end up being more important at the end of the day. Like whether or not SU football makes a bowl game, it comes down to can you beat. Middle Pittsburgh, Tennessee and State College. and Pittsburgh and Boston College with SU making the NCAA tournament. You know, are they going to beat one of the big boys? Probably. You know, will they beat a, a Virginia or a Louisville? Or you would think that, that they're going to put it together someday, knock off a good team, and get a, a quality win or two. But at the end of the day, on Selection Sunday. A lot of times it comes down to, and it did last year, you know, can you beat UConn and St. John's and Georgetown and, and Wake Forest College and, and Clemson? And, and, right. Yeah. It comes down to these games. And, and so that's why, again, they're all important. I'm not saying this one is, well, this one's more important than Duke. I'm not saying that. I just, it feels like if you're a tournament team, you go on the road, you take care of business, and then you're not sweating it out on Selection Sunday when you've built up, you know, Ten conference wins, and you you went eleven and two in the non conference. You got nothing to worry about. Oh, absolutely.
1: Uh, I mean, you've got to win these games that are toss ups, and, and you say, hey, it's you know, it's it, we don't want to sit here and say this game is more important than the Duke game. Um, but a, a, a quote that sticks out to me, I, I talked to Ken Pomeroy for uh, a, a, a an assignment when I was at, at SU, and we were talking about the team. Um, it was it was the team that ended up going to the final four, actually. And they were on the bubble, and it was like mid-January, and I was like, okay, what do they have to do? What wins? You know, what's left out there on the schedule? And he goes, if they can win at Cameron, that's a golden ticket, right? Like, that'll get you in. So that game is really important, right? Like, you Absolutely. want to win at Cameron, but it doesn't mean that winning at Wake Forest isn't important, right? And and it doesn't mean that winning at Wake Forest won't pad that resume and won't add to it, because what do we keep hearing about last year? It wasn't just that they lost to St. John's. It wasn't just that they lost to Georgetown and UConn and Boston College and Georgia Tech and and all those other teams that are very average, right, to to bad. It's that they had two wins away from the Dome and that the committee was like, we've never put a team in with less than three, and we can't do that to a team that doesn't have enough standout wins. They've only got three standout wins, quote-unquote only. Um, You know, but they they didn't have enough of those wins away from their building. So you've got to beat those mediocre to bad teams away from your own building, which they didn't do last year in St. John in in Boston College and Yukon. But they've got an opportunity tonight with Wake Forest. They've got an opportunity in a couple weeks with BC and Pitt and Georgia Tech. Like these are the games that you have to 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 win that aren't going to help you because nobody's going to point to them. But like they'll pad your stats, right? It's like um it's like the the stupid football games like the Pittsburgh game a couple years ago where Zach Mahoney throws for seven touchdowns and you look at the numbers at the year's end and you're like wow that's a you know solid backup quarterback year and, and like don't think about that everything came in in that one game. It makes the like resume look better. Exactly. Is. It
2: makes the resume look better. Nobody you,
1: looks at your road wins and says, Oh, you've only got two if you beat Wake Forest and Boston College
2: and Pittsburgh and on not, the road here. Right. And they're not looking at who you beat right. on the road. If it's, you know, you have five road wins, well, nobody's looking closer. You know, last year they all looked closer and they said, Oh, they've got two ro- oh, they beat NC State and Clemson, that's it? That's And it took only- overtime at a buzzer beater? And, right. and then you, you look at it more closely and then it becomes a thing. You said it a moment ago, you said they didn't have enough quality wins last year. Most years they did, like three quality wins over top 10 opponents like that would be enough most years. The problem last year is right. they didn't have enough wins period. And it goes to show you if you beat Duke and Virginia but you can't beat the teams Anybody that are, else. you know in the middle of the pack or in the bottom of the ACC if you give away too many of those games it'll come back to bite you. And it did last year. And Syracuse if they were to beat Duke this year but lose to you know Wake Forest twice and lose to Pittsburgh twice You're not and making lose the the to Georgia Tech it, it cancels each other out and it, and then last year you know the the scales tipped in the favor of going to the NIT even though they beat three top 10 opponents right it it at the end of the day it was not enough because they simply did not have enough wins and so that's why these games you know this is this is like you know SU football playing BC or Pittsburgh like that's what this game is it's right. a toss-up game that you know can you afford to lose one or two of these here and there they, they lost one to St. Bonaventure it's not going to kill them if they lose this one to Wake Forest but then you know they're able to take care of business against the you know the BCs and the the Pittsburghs and it it, it won't come back to bite them but you don't want to give away too many of these games especially early in the conference schedule when you know how difficult the second half of the conference schedule is
1: right you want to get these wins you want to compile them Uh, and you want to pad your stats, right? You want to make yourself look better by winning these games because at some point you don't just need quality, you need quantity. And I don't want to say that that's what Wake Forest is right now, but this group of games that is against the lower half of the ACC, right, whether that's Wake Forest or Boston College or Pittsburgh or Georgia Tech or NC State or, you know, name, name anybody else you want. Like you've got to win those games, and and look, let's be honest. Right now, Syracuse is like middle of the pack to bottom half of the ACC. Right? Like, are they are they what the eighth best team in the ACC? The in middle of the pack, right? No, but yeah. but the point being, if if you're just gonna draw a line and split the conference in half, like if you're eighth, you're at the bottom, so you're in the in the bottom half of that. So like, you've got to beat those teams that like are in that
2: same grouping to below you. Let me ask you this. Knowing what we know, and I it, I don't want to look too far ahead, but we're allowed to. Players can't look ahead to Saturday, but we can look ahead to Saturday. Do you consider Notre Dame, now that it's at home, and no Bonzi Colson, is that a game Syracuse quote-unquote should win?
1: Oh, yeah. I, I said that earlier. I, I think that's a game that you should win now that Bonzi Colson isn't playing. I, I think that that changes that team a lot. I think that that changes the complexion of that team a lot. Um, I, I think that on a team that doesn't really have stars... Necessarily, right? Like I think of them more as a team, not like a collection of stars. Like he's the best player. Right? Like he is clearly the best player on that team. Uh so yes, given that it's at home, given that he's not playing, I think you have to win that game.
2: Syracuse has been doing it with defense and rebounding. And I was thinking about this yesterday after we got off the air. You know, we we've made these comparisons between this year's team and last year's team. It feels like this year's team is everything last year's team wasn't, and vice versa. Right? It's like they're the 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 anti 2016-2017 squad. In that last year's team could score and score in bunches, but that was really their only strength. And this year's team, that's the one one thing they have trouble doing, right? Is scoring in the half-court offense. You know, they you feel fortunate if they can get to 65 points, but they do everything else. They rebound, they defend. They're among the national leaders in block shots as well as rebounding. Defensively they've been fantastic. They've been very good in close games. They're making their free throws by and large. They're everything last year's team wasn't right.
1: Yeah, no, they they are the exact opposite. They're playing good defense. They're rebounding the ball. Uh, they they don't shoot the three as well. Right, like e- everything that you saw in last year's team, this team kind of does the other. And it feels like and this team has good chemistry, and last year's team did not. It d- didn't feel like no. they did. No, and and I think that we kind of recognized that early, and we could see that. Uh, you know, and and look, does that mean that this team is better? I don't know. Right, well, and, and we, we had this debate right? a couple weeks ago. Right, yeah. like. I don't know that this team is better than last year's team. And, like, the collection of talent on last year's team, I could say this with confidence, I think. The collection of talent on last year's team, I think, is better than the collection of talent right now. But as a team... This year's team is playing better than last year's.
2: Yeah, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But yes, you and I had this debate, and we both said if last year's team played this year's team, we would give the edge to last year's team. They could score, and I'm not sure that this year's team can score enough to keep up with last year's team. However, who's going to have the better year? I don't even think that that's debatable at this point, right? Doesn't it feel like this year's team is, is well on its way to having the better year?
1: Yeah, it's, it's more successful right now. I mean, when when did they, we could play that game, when did they pick up their 12th win last year, right? And you're already at 12 and 2, uh, you know, and what what we said earlier in the show, if they win tonight at Wake Forest, it's the third win away from the Dome. They did not have three wins away from the Dome all of last season. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think that this team is better, I don't know the word, better constructed in, in a way, like it, it came together better, and Now you just kinda have to go do your thing, right? Like you've got to
2: win some of these games. I will say this. I think it's a better fit for what Syracuse is. Sure. Right. Last year's team it it didn't feel like I mean, they obviously didn't get the zone, and that's a big part of what Syracuse is, the two three zone defense. Last year's team was not a good fit for what Syracuse is and does. This year's team is. It's defensive minded, again, rebounding. It's, it's making free throws, it's winning close games, and this team is going to be in a lot of close games moving forward. And that's why I feel I feel like it's safe to say this year's team is going to have a better year, because they're going to be in a ton of close games, and they're not going to win them all, but they're going to win some of them, and, and I think at the end of the day, they're going to have enough to make it in the NCAA tournament.
1: Yeah, and look, we talked about this uh, yesterday after the win against Virginia Tech. This team can play defense, and this team held a team that averaged 90 points to in the 50s, and and they held a Kansas team that is a very good offensive team to, to what, 70? Uh, so I, I think that this team is a very good defensive team. They held St. Bonaventure to 60 points over 45 minutes. Uh, I mean, that that's great. So I, I think that when you look at this team, if they can play defense that well and, and you can really hold up defensively against a good team – They're going to win a lot of games that I don't want to say that they shouldn't win, but that like going in you wouldn't think they've got a shot, but they're going to be able to win some of these games because their defense will keep them close enough to the end.
2: What do you think about this game next week at Virginia? First team to 60 wins? First team team to 45? (laughs) <laughs> All right, uh, we're hoping to catch up with Coach Q at some point before the end of the show. But when we return, uh, we're going to bring on Stan Cotton, play-by-play man of Wake Forest basketball. He'll fill us in on the Demon Deacons, tonight's opponent. Keep it here. Orange Nation rolls on right after this on ESPN Radio. WTLA North Syracuse. WSGO Oswego. W249BC Mattydale. W261AC Oswego.
0: WTKWHD2 Bridgeport. ESPN Radio. the third win against the top 10 and the orange had them all the way they didn't look into your heart they didn't look into your heart they didn't look into my heart a three for the win battle boom it's the orange do it again the cardiac juice comes through on the road one more time this is orange nation with Stephen fonte and seth goldberg
2: Hour number two of Orange Nation underway on ESPN Radio. Seth Goldberg, Stephen Fonti with you up until two o'clock. Phone lines open this entire second hour at 315-437-7644. We want to hear from you on Qes Basketball. Feels like a big game tonight on the road in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Syracuse getting set to take on seven and six Wake Force. This is a Demon Deacon squad that started the season one and four, had some really bad losses. Uh Liberty, Georgia Southern, Drake. And then Wake reeled off six wins in a row. They've lost a a couple in a row. They lost uh, to Tennessee at home and uh, they lost to North Carolina. Both teams obviously ranked in the top 25, but Wake Forest probably should have won in Chapel Hill over the weekend. So it's a team that, it feels like this team is playing better. It's a team that shoots the ball awfully well from the outside, but, but not very good on the backboards and and you get the sense that you know it's it's been defense and rebounding all year for Syracuse and you get the sense that it's going to be defense and rebounding tonight if Syracuse hopes to come out with a win. Absolutely
1: because this team is better on the boards than Wake Forest because Wake Forest's best asset and, and attribute is shooting the three. Syracuse has to play good defense and if you can beat them up on the board and bully them on the boards, uh then you should be able to limit them enough and uh and get those extra possessions enough that even though you're not a great three point shooting team, as we've talked about plenty of times, uh, you'll be able to get enough points and enough second chances to win this game and score enough points. I think that's what it's going to come down to. They've got to be able to bully and push their way around to get enough buckets and and uh, get enough chances at baskets um, to outscore Wake's three point shooting.
2: To the phone lines we go. Pat and Syracuse kicking us off here, uh, kicking us off here in our number two. Pat, how are you? Good to hear from you.
0: Happy New Year, guys! Steve and Seth back. It's been a while, right?
2: Yes, yes. it was about about two weeks, but we're back and uh, ready to rock and roll here through the rest of basketball season.
0: Yeah, it's a great time of year. Uh, you know, I I get that every play by play guy for for their home team uh, makes it sound like you know they they got a good pulse on the team, but and that guy seemed like a very knowledgeable, intelligent, nice. Nice, uh, professional, but man, he he laid it on a little thick for my taste. Uh, he made it sound like this team, you know, they, uh, you know, he's he's highlighting that they obviously gave Tennessee a great run. Uh, they didn't get it done, and they gave North North Carolina a great run in the last three minutes of the game. They they looked like they couldn't beat anybody. So um, I just try to balance the balance off of that and bounce off of that call. I mean. I understand what, what he was saying, and I don't disagree with anything in particular, but for, for me it comes down to one thing. I'll take Syracuse's defense and Jim Bayheim over Wake Forest 100 times out of 100. I don't care where the game is being played or when. The only way Syracuse loses this game is, is, is if they allow over 40% from three-point range, and the only way in, in my breakdown of the game is Wake Forest has to put their three or four best shooters on the floor all at once. And when they do that, they're going to get they're going to get crushed on the boards, just just like uh, Virginia Tech tried to do. And I don't see it. I don't see a guy in there that's three dimensional that can either make a play for himself, can make a, a play for his teammates, or can shoot the sh- shoot the deep three. I don't see that on this team, and I don't see Syracuse losing this game. And uh, I just think we got to contest those threes and make them come into Chuku Lane and. Let Moyer and Brissett clean up the boards and make them take tough twos. I, I, I just feel like we got to be a little more aggressive on the top of that zone. I think the defense has been great, don't get me wrong. But I would like to see, a like I've been preaching this all year, I'd like to see a no-threes a no defense where they're really just going make to them, make them drive by and uh, shoot, shoot those two-pointers. What is your take, guys?
2: Yeah, I appreciate you checking in, Pat. I would say the one guy that you don't want to penetrate is is Brian Crawford, because he's right. not a great three-point shooter, and he does most of his damage getting into the lane and then either finishing or, or kicking out. So I would agree with, with Pat's assessment about, obviously, guard the three-point line. They've got five guys that are shooting 38% or better from three-point range. Brian Crawford, not among those guys. Again, he's an assist man. He can get in the lane. He can finish, but he, he's not a great three-point shooter. Um, yeah, I think that, again, this game comes down to defense, and it comes down to Rebounding like it's come down to all season long for Syracuse and will continue to come down. Uh, Wake Forest, not a good rebounding team. Yeah, they've got two seven footers that will see time tonight, um, but that's not their strength. Their strength is, as Pat mentioned, putting shooters on the perimeter. And Virginia Tech did the same thing. Syracuse uh, won the battle on the boards plus 13 in that game. And, you know, we saw again what North Carolina did to Wake Forest on the glass, dominated the glass, had 16 second-chance points. Wake Forest had none. That turned out to be the difference in the game. Yeah,
1: and look, if they are going to go small and if they are going to put shooters on the floor, then again, Syracuse has to take advantage on the boards. And and I think that we can go around and and we can look at different ways to to see this game and view this game, but it, it feels like it keeps coming back to win the rebounding battle, right? Because, That'll kind of start everything for them. And how many times, I don't know how many times we've talked about it already this year, but limit opponent possessions, extend your possessions. That's a formula to win. And so far, Syracuse has done that just about as well as anybody in the country. Uh, And if you can continue doing that, you're going to win a lot of games. And I, I, excuse me, I think this game is going to be no different. Win that rebounding margin, keep crushing on the boards, And you'll be right there, if not ahead... Uh, you know, late in this game, and, and then it's up to your offense to make some shots.
2: As you know, Seth, on, on News Channel 9, we do our, our Orange Nation television show every Thursday uh, during the basketball season. We get Jerry McNamara on the show, and he talks a lot about uh, KYP, know your personnel, and I think this is a, another instance where knowing your personnel is going to be vitally important because, again, Brian Crawford can make plays. He's not a great three-point shooter, so when he has the ball, you don't want him to penetrate. You want him to shoot. There are other guys who are going to be on the floor that, if they're around The three-point line. You better get a hand up. You better get out on them like a Keyshawn Woods, or you know it's going to be three, and you're going to be running down the other end uh, on offense. So it's it's so important, obviously, when you're going up against teams in the ACC to know your personnel. This is a case where obviously different guys have different skills, and when they have the ball, you need to know what to expect. Do I need to get out on this guy? And, And that's why you know we talked about the effort on the defensive end and knowing the system. I think this team. Collectively, has a higher basketball IQ than last year's team. I, I just, yeah, I, I think, think that's and, fair. and and they're younger, but I think they are more in tune to the scouting report. They're more in tune into what they're doing, and that's going to help against opponents like this tonight, where you've got guys on the perimeter who can do various things, and when they have the ball, you need to know: am I getting out on this guy, or am I guarding against the penetration?
1: Right, and when you look at what this year's team is, and and especially with a guy like Marek Dolzhy in the middle. Uh, you know, when they go to that lineup and it, and it remains to be seen how often they will do that tonight, given that Wake Forest has a seven foot one center on the other side. Uh, but if they need Merrick in the middle, this team becomes a lot quicker and they can move around and they can shuffle around and they can make those rotations a lot quicker than with Pascal Chukwu in the middle. And so when they play against a smaller team, they're not losing that much rebounding, right, because our Shea set and mirak Dolajai and, and Matthew Moy are really good rebounders. So they're not losing much on the rebounding side of things. But when he comes into the game, they just move a step faster, right? And and there's that extra pep in the rotations and that extra step in those, uh, those movements in the back line of the zone. And I think that would really help, as we saw against Virginia Tech, against three-point shooting teams, right? Because you need to get out that extra step faster. You need to contest that shot just a little bit quicker. And I, I think that that might be something to watch tonight.
2: All right, full lines remain open 315 437 76 44. Q's basketball game night in Winston Salem, North Carolina. SU set to take on the 7 and 6 Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Show rolls on right after this on ESPN Radio.